Good morning. On your feet. Welcome to PCA. Did y'all have a great Thanksgiving? Let's give thanks to our amazing and wonderful God who gave us everything, including life in Jesus Christ. Amen. I was reading in First Chronicles this morning where David said, I will not give a sacrifice that costs me nothing. Because then it's really not a sacrifice at all, right? We're supposed to give a sacrifice of praise to our God. So let's really give him a sacrifice of praise today. Let's give him all we've got. Amen. Lord, we bless your name. You are good. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Giver of every breath I breathe. Author of all eternity. Giver of every perfect thing. To you be the glory. No one can comprehend your word. King over all the universe, to you be the glory. Hallelujah. And I'm alive because I'm alive in you. Yes. Hallelujah. It's all because of Jesus I'm alive. Yeah. It's all because of blood of Jesus Christ.
I'm alive because of Jesus. Okay, so I used to live in Branson for about eight years, and they put up all their Christmas decorations before November 1st. It's the end of November. We're going to sing a Christmas carol. How many of you have Jesus in your heart, and how many of you have Christmas joy in your heart because of Jesus? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her peace. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior name. He's so good. He is so good. I'm so grateful for our God. I'm so grateful. And I'm so grateful for the Word of God. And, and I, again, as always, encourage everybody to be in the Word every day. There's such power, power in that Word if you just open it up and devour it and put it inside of you. It does you no good if you just let it gather dust. But um, I just love that the Word says, um, there was a scripture in Ephesians that talked about exposing us to the light and and that he says to us wake up oh sleeper so if you're asleep wake up oh sleeper <laughs> it's time to praise and worship our God you are so good to us God in the dark and all alone growing comfortable are you too scared to move and walk out of this tomb Buried underneath the lies that you believed Safe and sound, stuck in the ground Too lost to be found You're just asleep And it's time to leave Come on and rise up, take a breath You're alive now Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like Lazarus, you're brand new. The power of death couldn't hold you. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like Lazarus.
The thing that filled your veins was more than blood. It's the kind of love that washes in away. Now the door is open wide, and the storm's been rolled aside. The old is gone, the light has come, so come on and rise up. Take a breath, you're alive now. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like Lazarus, your brand new. The power of death couldn't hold you. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like Lazarus. given us new resurrected hearts. Sing it with me. He's calling us to walk out of the dark. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. He's given us new resurrected hearts. He's calling. He's calling us to walk out of the dark. Yeah. He's given us new resurrected hearts. One more time. He's calling. He's calling us Let's do it. Let's do it. He's given us new resurrected hearts. Thank you, Lord. He's calling us to walk out of the dark. Yeah. He's given us new resurrected hearts. He's calling us to walk out of the dark. Yes, yes. He's given us new resurrected hearts. One more time. Jesus, we're coming. 
we're coming, Lord. We're coming. We're coming out of the dark. Thank you for that new resurrected heart. Get rid of my stony heart, Lord, and give me that heart of flesh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just, our, our God is just so awesome. I am so grateful for all he's done. He took my sin. And, and let me tell you a secret. I'm still not perfect. I know that's shocking. But sometimes I sin. I still have to ask God to forgive me. And you know what he does? He takes that sin and he takes it as far as the east is from the west when I sincerely ask him to do that. So I, I do that often because I wish I were perfect, but I'm not. But let's just celebrate now. It wasn't for nothing that you shed your blood. So I'm going to live like my shame is gone. Thank you, Lord. Won't be shackled by the way I was. No, no. I'm going to live like the chains are gone. Gone. Now my sin is dead and gone. And I sing hallelujah. that will overcome yes it is yes it is so i'm gonna shout like my battles won yes oh fall back devil cause your time is up yeah i'm gonna live like the stone is gone gone now my sin is dead and gone and i sing hallelujah we bless your name lord it's done
says that in God's presence there is fullness of joy fullness of joy I want fullness of joy how about you if you don't have much joy ask yourself how much time have you been spending in the presence of your God? Because you can go through the most horrendous things, but if you're running after God, you can still have joy and you can still have peace. But you got to be running after your God and spending time with Him, putting aside those things that are causing you to not have joy and focusing on your God. I'm caught up in your presence, Lord. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. I'm not here for You don't owe me Take me back to where we started. 
started, I open up my heart to you. I'm caught up in your presence, Lord. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave, no. I'm not here for what you can do. I'm not here for blessings, but I want to see your face, Lord. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. When I've just gone through the motions, I'm sorry. When I just sang another song, take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. It's yours, Lord. I'm sorry. When I've come with my agenda, I'm sorry. When I forgot you're enough, take me back to where we start. I open up my heart to you. I'm caught up, Lord. I'm caught up in your presence. sit here at your feet I'm caught up in this holy Caught up in this holy moment. 
that you can do. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. More than anything that you can do. I just want you. I just want you. And nothing else, and nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, and nothing else, and nothing else. I want to just hear the voices, just the voices. I just want you, nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. And nothing else. No, nothing else. Nothing else. I just want you. I know you're in this place, Lord. I know, I know you're in this place, Lord. Mm-hmm. How many of you in this place are just ready and willing to just surrender whatever, everything to your Lord today? Everything to your Lord today. Just tell Him how much you just love Him and you're willing to give him everything today. I want to hear the sounds of surrender. The sounds of surrender. Lord, I'm yours. I'm imperfect, but I want to be used by you, God. Whatever you want, Lord. 
help me to stay on that narrow path and help me to be a good example to others and help me to give when you want me to give whatever it is you want me to give. My time, my resources. Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you. You are good, God. You are good, God. I'm caught up in your presence, Lord. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy You don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. More than anything that you can do. I just want you. Give him some love. We bless your name, Lord. We bless your name. Lord, I thank you that you're in this place. I thank you that you're touching lives today. Speak to our hearts today. Speak to our hearts through everything. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right, so now is the time that we get to greet each other. So if you want to get out and about and greet, get out and about and greet. If you want to stay in social distance, you stay in your seat. Please don't go up to people who are staying in their seats, okay? <laughs> Enjoy. In the dark and all alone, growing comfortable. Are you too scared to move and walk out of this tomb? Buried underneath the lies that you believe. Safe and sound, stuck in the ground, too lost to be found. You're just asleep. And it's time to leave. Come on, rise up. Take a breath. You're alive now. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like Lazarus, you're brand new. The power of death couldn't hold you. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like Lazarus, It's the kind of love that washes sin away. Now the door is open wide, and the storm's been rolled aside. The old is gone, the light has come, so come on and rise up. Take a breath, you're alive now. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us out from the grave like 
CCA family, we have so many things going on. We want to make sure you stay in touch with all of them. To be sure and stay connected, take a look at the following slides. Coming up on December the 3rd, we'll be getting our church all ready for Christmas, bringing out all the decorations, the trees, the lights, and we're going to need your help. Be sure and join us December the 3rd at 9 o'clock a.m. Coming up very soon is our Christmas play, but we still need extras, lots and lots of extras. If you're able to walk on the set and walk back off on cue, then hey, we need you. Be sure and sign up today and be a part of the Christmas play. You won't want to miss our production of One Bethlehem Night. It's coming up on December the 10th and the 11th at 7 o'clock p.m. Be sure to invite all your friends and family and come and enjoy a wonderful production of One Bethlehem Night. We also still need help for the Christmas dinner. Be sure and sign up in the foyer to help out in the Christmas dinner. It's going to be takeout only this year, which means we're going to need lots of people to help out with the cooking and the packing and the delivery. Be sure and sign up today. To find out more about the slides you just saw, be sure and visit PCAChurch.com. Thank you for coming and welcome home. You found a place to belong, to believe, and to become. All right. Good morning. Good job, Pastor Richard. We should... He's awesome. I should give him a hand. He's awesome. Um, yeah, good job, Pastor Richard. All right, so we're doing the offering now, and um, I was thinking what I wanted to say, and I thought about last night. So uh, you may not have known, but last night was Bedlam. Big deal here in Oklahoma. Big battle going on. And uh, me and my wife were old people, so we were going to bed about 8.30 last night. But I wanted to listen to the game, so I stuck my earbuds in. She was asleep, and I was sitting there listening to the game. And at some point, uh, I'm, I'm go pokes. So I had to like step into the bathroom and just like kind of pace a little bit because it was stressful. It was, you know, and what I was doing this whole time while this stressful stuff was going on is I realized I just started to pray. I was like, please, please, God, don't let OU win. Do not let OU win. I, you know what, just don't let him win. I'm, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And I thought about one interesting thing that is that even something like that we pray about and you know what? We might think, well, God doesn't really care about a game. But God cares that I care about the game because God cares about me, right? So um, if you think about any friends, and like, like probably like before church, if you mingled and stuff like that, that probably came up in some conversations with people you know, right? If you have a relationship with them, you talk about their life. And um, God wants to hear about our lives. He does, we shouldn't just go to God when we need something or when we need to like, you know, ask for something or something's wrong. God wants to hear about those things, too. God wants to hear about, oh, I was so happy oh, you lost. Yay. And God wants to hear about um, how I pulled up in my car today and, you know, something happened. Or God wants to hear about how I was worshiping right over here and I saw my daughter's little hat that she was wearing. And it just made me really happy. God wants to hear about those things. He doesn't want, to, he doesn't want you to just come to him when you need something. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to hear all about it. Think about if you, like, called your mom or your dad or something like that. You tell them all about that stuff. Tell God about it. God wants to hear about it. God wants to know about it. That'll build your relationship. But I was thinking that last night while I was in there praying, please let OU lose. I was like, God may, like, I may not think God cares, but he does. He does because he cares about me. All right, so Dash has come forward. I'll tell you some ways to give. Uh, cash is great. Um, I don't usually carry cash, but a lot of people do. Throw it in there. Uh, you can mail it. I'm not much of a mailer. I've told you that before, but if you want to mail things, you can mail it to 2313. East Prospect, Ponca City, Oklahoma, 74604. If you've got a phone, which most of us do, you can text PCA Church to 1-844-390-2401. Or you can go online if you've got a computer. We've got the whole thing covered here. Uh, online at pcachurch.com slash contributions. 
And we also have an app. So again, if you have a phone, go download the app. You can do it through there. It's a great way to give. So there's tons of ways to give. You should definitely find one of them. There's also a kiosk in the back if you want to do that. You have to put in your information the first time you use it, but then after that, you're good to go. All right, let's go to the Lord. God, I just thank you for this day, and I just thank you so much for being a part of our everyday lives. Even when it's something like the OU Sooners losing, you're just there for us, and I just really appreciate that, God. You're such a great father, and you're just, you're just in every part of our lives. You want to know about our lives. You want to know us because you created us in your image, God, and we're your children, and you want to be a part of our lives. So I just pray that we can be uh, diligent in telling you about our day, telling you about our lives, and being in prayer, and not just when we need something, but when we just want to tell you something, God. Um, I just pray that we, we find you and seek you in that way. And I pray that um, every single cent that is given to the offering today goes to your glory, God, and goes to just blessing you and blessing other people and expanding your kingdom, God. And I know you'll use it in amazing ways that we won't even see. Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Well, Stephen, I don't know that everybody shared your victorious prayer yesterday. I think there were a lot of people praying that OU would win. So today, for all of you that were rooting for OSU, congratulations. For all of you that were rooting for OU, you've had your time. You've had years of winning, I understand. So good. So um, share, the, share the wealth a little bit. This year, if you want to win, play Texas. That's all you got to do is play Texas. But this next weekend, OSU, watch out. You're playing Baylor, which is a Texas team. Somebody said, Pastor, how many teams do you have? Every team in Texas is mine. <laughs> Whichever one's winning in Texas, that's mine. No. Uh, no, how many of you had a great Thanksgiving? Wonderful. I know that every pastor today is pastoring a church larger than last Sunday. The church is larger this week. I've been tripping all weekend off a turkey, trip to Finn. It's great to have you here today. If you're a guest, I pray one of two things happen. Number one, you feel the presence of God. That's the most important thing. Number two, we made you feel welcome. And number three, you got to come back because seconds are always best. In the production we're having coming up called One Bethlehem Night, we do need some extras. And extras mean that you just walk around and fill up some spots. But if you'd like to be a part of it, please get with uh, our director here and she'll help you out. So uh, check in with them. And then tomorrow morning, hey, we've got lots of things for you to do. We're going to let Christmas explode at PCA Church. And so we need all of your help to come in tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock. We'll give you donuts and coffee. Um, but you need to help us just, we're going to do the windows. We're going to do the foyer. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, but come in and help us do that tomorrow. That would be great. And then also we need help. With the Christmas Day meal, every year at Christmas, uh, we do a meal, and uh, we usually feed about 2,500 meals that day, so we need you to come and help us and be a part of that, sign up in the foyer, and then also, if you know someone that needs help, uh, we are going to be giving away some hamburger meat next week, or maybe the week after, uh, so sign up in the foyer if you know a family that's in need, because we want to meet needs during this Christmas season. We want to give, 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 because God has given to us so much and I thank God I'm a part of a church that's a giving church and we're all about missions and we're all about giving and helping other people and um, I right, we got a Christmas parade coming up Friday night so come help us decorate the Christmas parade float during the day on Friday so there's just so much going on I'm ready for Christmas how about you yeah. all right the rest of you'll catch on 
My wife's been watching Christmas movies since July. Stand with me today. It's great to have you here the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Look around. This is a great crowd for Sunday after Thanksgiving. Maybe y'all came today because OSU won. I don't know, but yeah, give yourselves a big hand. You got up and you got here the day after, uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving. That's awesome. Lift your Bibles. Get ready. Here we go, man. I'm getting excited right about now. Repeat this after me. Thy words is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. Thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me every day to read thy word. And Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, help the preacher. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Well, today I want to start a Christmas series. Somebody said, Pastor, it's still Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm thankful for Christmas. Man, I had a lot to eat at Thanksgiving. I enjoyed it, but I'm ready for Christmas. Christmas and Easter are two of the most exciting times of the year for me. Christmas, the birth of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Light came into a dark world and gave us hope. And Easter, He is risen. Man, if you, if you can't get excited about those two times of the year, you're just not going to get excited. And so we spent the weekend decorating the house. I mean, put up Christmas lights already. Man, we, we drove to uh, my grandson's basketball game a couple of weeks ago, and there were houses everywhere with Christmas lights on them two weeks ago. I noticed all around town, lights on houses early, early, early. There's a rule the day after Thanksgiving. But not this year. Because we need Christmas. We need to have Christmas. We've had too much time of so much pandemic, so much time of being separated, so much time of sorrows and heartaches and pressures and stress and all these things. We need Christmas. We need Christ to light this world more than ever before. And so I wanted to start this series entitled Christmas. It's all about... You can fill in the blanks, but I've got about four or five sermons I want to preach on this. But today I want to talk about it, joy. It's all about joy. We sang the song earlier, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Joy. Joy. So many times we think joy is just an emotion. Joy is not an emotion. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Joy in our lives should never be superficial. It should be supernatural. And that's what should get everybody's attention. Your joy is not superficial. It's not based upon situations. It's not based upon circumstances. But it's based upon the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord, it comes in the morning, right? The joy of being alive, the joy of being a Christian, the joy of knowing that, hey, at any moment a trumpet can sound, an angel can shout, and man, we're out of here. I'm ready for that. That should bring us joy every day of our life. Not because it's superficial, but because it is supernatural joy. And during this Christmas season, we need to show the world... What Christmas is all about. 
We need to tell them it's not about gift giving. It's not about all. And those things are wonderful. But it's about the birth of Jesus Christ. It's about joy that when he comes into your life, it lights you up. It gets you going. And the wonderful thing about Christmas is we can, when we're walking in the marketplaces, when we're going to work, people can go, how come you're not stressed out like everybody else? Well, it's Christmas. I know it's stressful. No, Christmas is all about joy. Christmas is all about, this is a wonderful time of the year. It's not a time. But during this time of the year, we find the suicide rates go up. We find that divorce rates go up. We find that families tear apart. We find the enemy at his peak of devastation and destruction. This year, I want God to be at his peak of bringing joy into your life and the hearts and lives of your kids, your families, your workers at work, your people you meet at the store. I want your light shining because of joy. Remember there was a guy who was lame from birth and he was brought every day to the gate beautiful during prayer times. They had three prayers a day and at three o'clock prayer they brought him and laid him at the gate beautiful and he was asking alms and, and, and uh, Peter and John walked by and he said, the first thing they said was, he said, look at us. Look at us. Do we look like we have a bunch of money? Do we look like, I mean, we're not dressed like we have a lot of money. We don't look like it because we don't have a lot of money, but we do have something to give you today. And they said, walk. And immediately the man stood up, and the Bible says he began walking, and then he began jumping, or other translations, leaping, and he, he ran, first place he ran was where? To the house of God. He started running in there, and the Bible says that everybody looked at him, and they were filled with wonder and amazement because they had known him from birth. He had never taken a step. God doesn't do this progressive thing of healing sometimes. Sometimes it's a miraculous moment. The man went from never walking to jumping and leaping and running and going all around town, and everybody was filled with wonder and amazement. I believe every morning when that guy got up out of bed, he put his shoes and socks on and got up and I think every morning he was filled with wonder and amazement. Man, look what the world looks like from up here. Look at how I'm able to walk today. Thank you, God, for all the blessings in my life. I believe we need to have our testimonies right in front of us every day. I believe we need to have our deliverances in front of us every day. I believe we need to have our healings in front of us every day, but especially our salvation. Every day, look what it looks like from up here. Wow. Look at what life is all about. And we should be filled with wonder and amazement and joy every day we get up and walk and run and leap our lives in the presence of God. But so many times we get up and our joy gets destroyed. We've got some things in our lives, things that come into our lives that destroy the joy. And that's what I want to talk about today because not everybody's filled with joy to the world. Uh, sometimes if somebody's joyful around you and you're not, don't you want to just tell them? I'm not going to say it. You say it. Yeah. Can you not take it down a notch today? Yeah. Joy. 
So I want to talk about things that destroy your joy. Number one, worry. Worry. Hey, I don't worry, do you? No, 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 no. I don't worry. I'm concerned about a lot of things. Paul wrote a letter to the church at Philippi. It's called the book of Philippians, but it's a letter. Paul is in prison. I want you to understand this. He is in prison under guard. He is caged up. He's not able to go out every day and do what he wants to do. The, uh, I love John McCain wrote a book. He was a POW and he said, it's a great day when you wake up and the doorknob is on your side of the door. That's all it took for John McCain to have a good day. All it takes for me to have a good day is breathing. The next thing that makes it a really good day is if I'm vertical. <laughs> Other than if I got those two things, I got joy. But, but pastor, what about all the things we worry about? Well, if you write, read this letter that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, the whole letter, go through there, count it up, highlight it sometimes, the word joy. Paul tells the church at Philippi over and over and over and over. Verse number four, let me read it to you. It says this, rejoice. And that's the other words, joy, then rejoice again, then joy and joy again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Paul, you're in prison. How are you able to rejoice? Because it's not a superficial emotion. It is a supernatural fruit of the Spirit. I will say it again. Rejoice. Paul's like, I want to drill this in the church. How dare you walk into church worrying about stuff? How dare you live your day every day of your life worrying about things? You need to get up every day, rejoice in the Lord always. And then I'm going to tell you, do it again, rejoice again, always in the Lord. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are, but pastor, I got it real bad. Hey, we all do if we want to. We all do. Not you, Pastor. You got everything perfect. No, I don't. Oh, I worry about everything. Verse 5 says this. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Isn't that amazing? Paul's in a prison. Rejoice, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And the Lord is near. I think Paul put that there because he had to let them understand the reason I rejoice and the reason I'm telling you to rejoice is this, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. I'm in a prison, but he's right here. He's near me. He's with me. He's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Yeah, I've got joy today. Why? I'm breathing. And if I have breath, let everything that hath breath give praise to God. And you come to God with joyful songs, right? Yeah. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything but in every situation. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ. Now, I got to just tell you. In the flesh, I worry. How many of you will confess in the presence of God that you worry about stuff? Raise your hands. Come on. Uh, today's about confession. Yeah, I worry. You see, you got your things. I got my things. I worry about my life. I worry about my wife. I worry about my kids. I worry about my grandkids. I worry about you. I worry about your families and your kids and your grandkids. I worry about the church. 
I worry about our daycare, all the moms and all the kids and the dads. I worry about all the ministries of the church. I worry about all the missions of the church. I worry about the finances of the church. And on and on the list goes. I worry, worry, worry. Why? Because I'm human. Yeah, I haven't got it all together, neither do you. But I worry about things. But then I have to get in the presence of God. The Lord is near me. i got to remind myself. He guards my mind. He guards my heart. And then I have to stop and say, hey, wait a minute. I will rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, do what? Rejoice. And the joy of the Lord then begins to fill your presence, begins to fill your heart, fill your mind, and then you begin to rejoice about all the things God has done. That's why I said keep your testimonies right in front of you. Remember the day you received Jesus Christ. Remember the day he delivered you from addiction. Remember the day he healed your body. Remember the day he gave you so much more than you deserve called grace and mercy. Remember all the joys of the Lord and all the gifts that he's given to. And I tell you, when you begin to focus on those things, you cannot worry very long because then peace just begins to flood you and joy begins to flood you because then I realize, hey, I can't do anything about any of this. Hmm? Our world needs to be amazed and filled with wonder at our joy today. Our hearts and minds need to rejoice. Look at this. Jesus preached one sermon that we have recorded. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And he talked about things that you and I need to hear because we have these things in our lives. And here's what Jesus talked about in his message. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food? Well, not at Thanksgiving. (laughs) Is not life more than uh, what you wear? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. You see, Jesus is talking about things that will destroy your joy. He's talking about things that every one of us have the tendency to worry about. Don't worry. God's got this. So when I worry about the church, I realize, hey, wait a minute. This is not my thing to worry about. It's God's church. God's got this. When I I worry about my family, I realize I can't do anything. God's got my family. I gave my family to God a long time ago. The moment my kids were born, we dedicated them in the delivery room. They're they're God's kids, not mine. When we stood before God and made our vows that we will love each other uh, through until death, that's before God. God's got this thing. God's got what I'm going to eat and what I'm going to wear and all these things. God's got this. Verse 29, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grasses of the field, which are here today, gone tomorrow, thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? And then Jesus says, you have little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, those who don't know Christ, they run after these things. And your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. 
Your Heavenly Father knows you need them. God's got this. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. You know what I've had tell, people tell me through the years? And they're very serious, and I honor, I honor their position, but I don't want to minimize what God has done for us. But people have told me through the years, Pastor, I, I just can't come to church. Why not? Well, I've gained so much weight, and I don't, when I lose this weight, I'll come to church. God's honest truth. When I lose weight, I'll come to church. I've had people tell me, I can't come to church because I don't have anything to wear. Now, I would not want to stand before God who says if he can dress the flowers of the field and God's going to dress you, he knows you need clothes, he dresses you, I don't want to be the one to stand before God and go, God, you didn't give me good enough clothes to wear to church. Come on. The excuses we use and give to God. God doesn't care what your waist size is. God's not looking at your waist size. God's not looking at the kind of keys you have to the car that you drove to church. He's not interested in that. God is not interested in what kind of house you're going to go home to or any of those things. What God says is, listen, I feed you, I clothe you, I give you everything you need in life. What I need from you is not to worry about those things and let your life be filled with joy. Come into my presence with thanksgiving. Enter my gates with praise. He wants us to come together in worship and fellowship. We, we, we don't have excuses. He's removed all of those. We've got food. We've got shelter. We've got clothing. Let's come into his house. Let's worship and exalt him. Why? Don't worry about it. God's got this, church. Don't worry about your Christmas presents. Don't worry about whether you got enough money for all the things you got to buy. Don't worry about it. God's got this. Don't worry about all the things in your life that you think you have control over because you don't have control over it. But God's got these things. I've never healed one person. I've never saved one person. I can't do anything like that. But God can. God can move by His Spirit. God can give you joy. It's not superficial. It's supernatural. God can give you a reason to smile and be happy. Come on. It's God. Give God praise. Come on. That's what God does for us. He gifts us. So I'm, I'm confessing today, I worry, but i got to let God help me, right? I get through it because I think about what God has done in my life. The second confession that I have today of things that can destroy your joy, number two, perfectionism. Perfectionism. You see, my life is a life that is tortured by perfectionism. Some people laugh it off. Oh, that's funny, that's cute, you're like that. No, it's torture. And especially God thought it was really funny to put me as a pastor of a church where everybody in church moves things <laughs> and leaves it out of place. And everything, these cords up here drive me nuts if I look at them. If I walk into a room, I don't look at all the things that are right. My eyes go to are the screws on the light plate straight up and down because both of them need to be straight up and down. It, it's a torturous thing. It's something that I've had to learn how to deal with because when I was very young in my life, I read this scripture, I got saved and I read the scripture says, let everything you do be done as unto the Lord. I thought then I've got to do it as if God's watching me. 
and I've lived my life like that. But in, in some senses, it can be a blessing, but most senses, it's not because it takes me longer to do things because it's got to be perfect. Every place has a thing. Everything has a place. But I've got scriptures for my problems. Matthew 5, 48 says this, Be perfect. Everybody needs to rise to my level. No. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father's perfect. That perfection is not talking about us in this physical life. That perfection is talking about us in our spiritual life. When he which is perfect is come, right? But this perfection gets into my life and it destroys my joy. And then it destroys the joy of everybody around me. You may say, well, pastor, how does this destroy your joy? Because it goes into every area of my life. So this morning I was getting ready to come to church and I thought, I'm just going to take a picture because nobody will believe me. But in my closet, I went in there and I took a picture of my sock shelf. How many of you have socks? Mine are holy. Yours are too. Have to be to get your foot in it. But I got a picture. See my socks? Yeah. They're folded into squares and they're laid up on the shelf in order because I can't handle it not being like that. See how horrible of a life that is? And then I put this up on my wife and my kids because do you think I fold these up? No, I don't. My lovely wife folds these socks up like this. Why? Because she loves me. There's no way I could go and have a sock drawer with just socks everywhere, or just then stuck together or tied together, rubber bands, whatever you do. I couldn't do that. These socks I have in my hand, my wife had them made for me. They have a picture of our dog, Kaya, our husky, and our little chihuahua, Shaley, on them. So I brought those today. But perfectionism, is it will destroy your joy because it gets into every area. And then I come to church and everything's a mess everywhere. And, I can't, and it becomes a sensory overload. And I say, God, help me. God, help me today. Lord, I need the joy of the Lord in my life. See, when I come to church sometimes as a perfectionist, all you see is what's wrong in your life. All you see is what's wrong, what's not right. Today, we got a great group of people here for the Sunday after Thanksgiving. But you know what a perfectionist sees? All the empty seats. Why aren't people in those empty seats? Where are they? What's going on? Why did they not come to church? Do they not like me? That's my first thought. What have I done? I'm a total failure. What's going on? What's, what's, what can I do better? You see, I didn't turn around and give you the picture of the hanging things, but everything has to be on a plastic hanger, and everything has to be hanging in the same direction. All the shirt buttons are all facing in the same direction. All the pants in there, same direction. The hanger's all... <sighs> It'll destroy your joy. And you may say, that's so ludicrous. Ladies, how many of you have a husband? Or husbands, how many of you have a wife? Don't raise your hand. That is far from being a perfectionist. They can easily leave a mess anywhere they go. Don't raise hands. That went up really quick. Don't. Confess it in here. But my wife would tell you, thank God. God, thank God that your spouse leaves a mess somewhere. Thank God they're not a perfectionist. Thank God. Why? It will destroy your joy. But I still got scriptures 
Galatians 3, 3 says, Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Hebrews 13, 1, Make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working you that which is well-pleasing in sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Perfection. That's not what God meant. But you know what the enemy does? He has a problem. Every one of us has a problem in our personalities. I'm giving you revelation. Some of you are like, what? (laughs) Not me. Yeah, you do. It's called you lack humility. (laughs) We all have problems. We all have things that will destroy your joy. And during this Christmas season, I want you to understand, it's all about joy. It's all about taking whatever the enemy fights you with, whether it's worry, perfectionism. I'm going to get to everybody today. Number three is this, fear. I preached a great message on Job, on all the fears that Job had. He had all these fears. The one word fear meant several different things. Fear of failure, fear of being uh, uh, abducted because he was so wealthy, all these fears. We have fears that come along, and you know what they do? Destroy your joy. This year you may have a fear of not being able to get that one gift that your kid wants, your grandkid wants because of the supply chain. You may not be able to get this one thing for your spouse or whatever significant other that they really, really you have that fear, not enough money, fear of not being able to, to share all the family time during the Christmas seasons because Christmas season gets complicated with a nuclear family, much less with a blended family, much less with several different stepchildren and all these things. It gets complicated and fears start overwhelming our minds. We have the fear of losing everything. Lots of fears. Fear will destroy your joy. We have this circle that we go through. Fear to faith, faith to fear. Fear to faith, faith to fear. One minute we're filled with faith and joy, and the next minute we're overwhelmed with fear. When you allow God to use you, He will give you joy. Don't you love it whenever God allows you to be used to serve other people? Doesn't that give you joy? During this Christmas season, find a way to serve somebody. During this Christmas season, find a way to give to somebody. When God uses you, it gives you joy. When you allow fear to stop you from being used, it will destroy your joy. Sometimes just, this is a great time of the year for singing. We have caroling coming up. Oh, pastor, I can't sing. Neither can most people who go caroling. It's not about the singing. It's about caroling. When we knock on somebody's door who's shut in, it's great to have 25 people there going, joy to the world. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. What matters is that you are now giving to someone else. It brings you joy. Joy to you. Whenever we have this Christmas season, serve somebody. Cook something for somebody. Carry it to them. It'll bring them joy. But pastor, what if they don't like it? They will. They will. Encouraging somebody. Did you know I got encouraged today just by you being here? I told some people backstage. I told the praise and worship team. Now don't be discouraged if you walk out and there's only three people there today. I was being a little, you know, hyperbolic in my speech, but I just like, don't, don't let the lack of attendance today because it is historically a low attendance Sunday in every church in the nation. And then when we got through, one of the praise and worship timber members backstage, they go, Pastor, you're not quite truthful today. I'm not, yeah. Good. 
But your presence encourages me. Your presence encourages us. And that's why the Bible says don't forget to get together. Why? To encourage one another. Because that brings joy. Joy. I get joy when I think about what God has done for me. And then when I share it with somebody else, it brings them joy. I keep my testimonies right in front of me. Thank you, God, that you've healed me. Thank you, God, for all the things you've done in my life. It brings joy, and fear will destroy that joy. I've got to hurry. If you're here today and you're constantly paralyzed by fear, you've got to confess these things. The fourth thing that will destroy your joy today is this, sin. Straight up, sin. Sin separates us from God. And when you are separated from God, you cannot have supernatural joy. All you will have is superficial joy. You'll have fake joy. It's not real. It, it's just something that's a front. You don't have any joy. You come to church. Oh, why is Pastor Karen singing that song again? Move on. I don't want to stand this long. Why can't we sit down? I don't want to listen to him preach. Good Lord, how long is he going to take? We understand it, Pastor. Joy, we got it. Move on. Yeah. Why? Because you don't have joy. Everything, you're miserable about everything. Somebody wants to buy you a piece of pecan pie and you're like, I want a blueberry. No joy. I mean, they're buying you a piece of pecan pie, which is the greatest pie in all the earth. And you want blueberry? Come on. You get to come to church and worship with other people. Oh, rise up. I got my hands up, God. Are you watching? God's going, I'm not looking at your waist size. I'm not looking at the car keys. I'm looking at your heart. I'm looking at your heart. Are you thankful? Are you joyful that I clothe you, that I feed you, that I take care of you better? I know when a sparrow's fall. How much more do I love you? Yeah. But when you don't have any joy, oh, then it gets real bad when it takes up the offering. Oh, my God. All the church ever wants is money. Money, money, money. Yeah, because when something is alive, it costs money. Only when something is dead does it not cost you any more money. Yes. So when you have joy, here's, what, here's the difference. Hey, today's Sunday. Woo, we get to go to church. Man, hallelujah. I get to go and instead of singing by myself, I got to sing with all the other people who can't sing. Hallelujah. But when we all can't sing together, it sounds really good. Did you know what Pastor Karen did? She said, I just want to hear the voices. Bold move. Bold move, but it sounded awesome. And that's what God wants to hear. I will lift up mine eyes. I will lift up my voice. Why? I've got joy. You want to sing. When they stop singing, you're like, oh, man, I could have gone on another 15 minutes with that one. 
Yeah. I want to give in the offering. Look how much God has given to me. 10%, that's my tithe. God, here's an offering on top of this. God, yes, I will help decorate the church tomorrow. I'll help build the float. I'll get involved. I'll be an extra in the Christmas production. I'll serve on Christmas Day. I'll serve meals to somebody else. Why? Because I've got joy, and I want that joy to flow out to somebody else who's discouraged this Christmas season. And man, that preacher, the best preaching in the world. I wish he would never stop preaching. I could li- I'm going to go home and live stream it again. It was so good. For those of you watching by live stream, that was my wife with the big amen baby. Psalm 32. Here's what happens when you have sin in your life. Verse 1, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and whose spirit is no deceit. Here's what David said. This is after he committed adultery with Bathsheba. He wrote this psalm. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer. He said, when I have sin in my life, and I know there's sin in my life, I know I've committed a sin not against anybody but against God. He said, I felt God's heavy hand pushing me down. Heaviness is what you're going to have, not joy. When there's sin in your life, you're going to be separated And there's going to be heaviness. He said, my bones were wasting away. In other words, everything inside of me was just being destroyed by this sin in my life. There's no joy. There's there's nothing there. He said, I was groaning day and night. Look at Psalm 32, verse 5. This is part of this same time in David's life. He says this, Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And here's what God did. And you forgave me and the guilt of my sin. Wow. Isn't that awesome? I remember when I asked God to forgive me of all my sins. And he forgave me. And he took away the guilt and the heaviness I couldn't hardly breathe that night I received Jesus Christ. I went down to the front, heavy, couldn't hardly breathe. I said, God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I confessed, and God forgave. David also said this, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgression and my sin is always before me. It took the prophet Nathan confronting David about his sin for him to confess. What will it take for us if we have sin in our life for us to confess? We hide it. We, we pull it back. We keep it from everybody. Maybe it takes a preacher on a Sunday morning in November to preach a message and say, hey, you know what? If you don't have joy, check your sin quotient because it will separate you from God. It will cause heaviness in your life. And you may fake it, but you're not going to make it. 
I mean, you've got to confess this thing. You've got to get it out before God because he sees the heart. And he's going to keep pressing you down, heavy upon you. Everything in your life is going to waste away until you get your heart right with God. And you know and I know when we have done things against God. We know. We know. Here's what he said. Against you, you only have a sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. And here's what he says. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sin. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Wow. He's like... I want my bones to rejoice. I want to have real joy. Restore the joy to me that I once had. In other words, David said, I knew what the joy was like. But then I had this sin that I committed with Bathsheba. And I've lost that joy, God. I want that back. I want supernatural joy, not superficial joy. I want to rejoice in, in the Lord and be glad. I, I want this heaviness off of my life. I want you to give me what I had back. I want to be able to have these bones that feel crushed. I want my bones rejoicing. In other words, I want to be like the man at the gate, beautiful. I want to get up and run and leap and run for joy. I want to be, as David wrote, like a calf let loose from a stall. You ever seen that happen? When a newborn calf has been in a stall for a few days, but then they open the gate and let him out. Oh, he's kicking up his heels. He's running and he's happy. I want to be like that. Have you ever seen the little goats jumping in around in the pit? I love watching them. We went to one of the things with our grandkids and they had goats there. I was watching them. I could stand there for hours. They're so cute jumping and kicking their heels and having so much fun. I'm like, God, I want to be like that. I don't want to be old and bitter. I want to be young and filled with joy. I want my youth renewed, my youth restored. I want to have life every day and life to the abundance. I want your joy to be restored in my life. So when I wake up in the morning, what you have done for me is what I see. Not everything that's wrong in my life, but everything that's right. When I get up in the morning, I want to start thanking you for the breath that I have, the joy that I have. I don't want to worry about that day anymore. You got this. You got this, God. And I'm not going to look around through eyes of perfection, but I'm going to look around and say, God, look at everything that's right. That's a decision. Because if I don't make that decision, I'm going to look around and see everything wrong. I'm going to let fear grip my heart. We can't let fear of pandemics and fear of the things of this world grip our hearts. We've got to become people who go beyond and live supernatural lives. And the world will look at us and be filled with wonder and amazement. How can you have so much joy? You don't know the half of it. Let me tell you something. 
I've got joy because it's supernatural joy. Holy Spirit, it is soothing me. It is filling me. It is exuding through my bones. My bones are not brittle. You can't hurt my feelings. No way, no how. I'm going to live this day because this is the day the Lord has made. It's a decision when we get up. Because if we don't decide, the enemy will decide for us. I want to run and jump. The night that Jesus was to be betrayed, before that night he had a time with his disciples. And one of the most powerful pictures that I see in that was it said Jesus took off his robe, put on a towel, and he knelt down and he washed his disciples' feet. And Simon Peter's my favorite disciple because he's a lot like me in, in the bad way. <laughs> because I don't have any of his great qualities, but I do have the quality of, of talking a lot before thinking. And that's what Simon Peter did a lot. Let's do something. Let's don't think about the results. Just let's do something. And I'm that way. I'm like, let's don't talk this thing to death. Let's get something done. Simon Peter's that way. Jump out of the boat. Okay, let's go. Yeah. But he came to Simon Peter, and Simon Peter said, I can't let you wash my feet, Jesus. He said, if I don't, let you, if I don't wash your feet, you'll have no part of the kingdom with me. Simon Peter said, don't just wash my feet. Wash everything. I want to be clean. I want to be white. David said, clean me with hyssop and I will be white. Before you could enter the house, you have to be clean. Before we can enter God's family, God's house, he's got to wash us up. And you know why they wash the feet? Because they get the dirtiest. You know why we need to be clean and have our feet washed to be in his presence? Because... When we walk out in this world, there's a lot of filth out there. And it will stick to you if you don't get clean all the time. That's why every day, I, I lift this up and every Sunday, and I'm going to keep doing it until you tell me, Pastor, 100% of us this week have read this Bible every day. Until you tell me 100% of us have not only read it, we've lived it every day. I'm going to keep doing this. They say, Pastor, I get tired of that. No, no, no. Until we got 100% participation, I'm going to keep doing this. Because I want 100% of us to be clean. I want 100% of us that when that angel shouts and the trumpet sounds, I want 100% of us getting out of here quick. I want 100% of us filled with joy. 100%. But we got to get our feet clean. If there's sin in your life, you got to get clean. You've got to confess your sin to God. He already sees it. He already knows it. He's already got a heaviness on your heart about it. He already has guilt and the enemy comes in and con condemns you all the time. But God comes in to convict so that you will repent. I repent. I pray a prayer all the time. I've told you a hundred times. I'll tell you a thousand times. I pray this prayer all the time. I pray it. I'm going to pray it before I take communion in just a moment. Father, if there's anything in my heart that's unpleasing to you, Lord, if I've said anything, thought anything, done anything that's unpleasing to you, Father, would you please forgive me? Would you wash me and cleanse me and make me white as snow? I pray that prayer all the time. Why? I want to do everything as unto the Lord. I want my heart right at all times.
and living in this life, I want to tell you, we can all get dirty. We can all get a little dirty. And I believe in daily cleansing. I believe it. Stand with me this morning. So today we're going to have an altar service a little different. Last Sunday we had everybody come to the altar and it was a wonderful time. Powerful time of praying with people. Holy Spirit was so strong. But today we're going to have communion. I love communion Sunday. I love it. Somebody walked in this morning before service, saw the communion. They go, oh, communion Sunday. I love communion Sunday. I said, me too. I love it. Because it's a time for us to remember. Like I said, keep your testimonies right in front of you every day. What, is God, what has God done for you? Well, if you don't have joy, you go, he ain't done nothing for me. I've done it all myself. Wow. You're very unlearned about what God has given to you. If you don't have it given to you by God, you can't have it. And that's called breath. How many of you can worry and add one hour to your life and not one person, not one minute? Everything we have today has been gifted to us. I was thinking about yesterday, uh, this perfectionism thing. I was supposed to like take a day off. I hadn't had a day off in 20-something days. and So I was going to take a day off yesterday and... I'm sitting there going, that's the stuff I got to do. We put up the Christmas tree and I realized the windows of the house are dirty. So guess what I did yesterday? I got out a bucket, soap, water, water hose, washed all the windows of the house. Then I go, my truck, my Jeep's dirty. I got to take it to, so I took it, washed it. I thought there'll be nobody at the car wash today. Everybody was at the car wash yesterday. We all need clean. And we need cleaning every day, sometimes multiple times a day. So they're going to go ahead and hand it out. We do not have closed communion in our church, which means members only. We have open communion, which means if, if you're here today, we want you to participate. But I want you to understand this is a very powerful thing we're doing. We're remembering what God has done for us. And the Bible says before you take communion, you should search your heart. Search your mind and make sure that everything's clean. Everything's right. No, you'll never achieve perfection. Nobody can. But when God looks at me, He doesn't look at my efforts of cleanliness spiritually. He looks at the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, and I am righteous in His sight. All has been forgiven. I am holy in His sight. Even though at times I think I'm a complete failure, at times I think I can do nothing right, God looks at me and goes, I got you. I got you. I've forgiven you. I've washed you. And what I call holy, let no man call unholy. Yes, sir, boss. So today we hold the cup and we hold the bread and we remember. So they're going to sing this song, which has been my worship song for my personal time for like six months now. So can I help? But I want to slow this baby down. You take that cup and your bread and you hold it for just a second. I'm caught up in your presence. Just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy 
I want you to take that cup and one end is the communion bread just take a moment and think about what all he's done for you wow just keep it right in front of you get that list out go down the list hallelujah thank you Jesus Thank you for washing me and cleansing me white as snow. Thank you for writing my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for all the gifts in my life. Hallelujah. God, forgive me if I've done anything. Wash me white as snow. I'm sorry. If I've not sinned against anybody but you, you alone have I sinned. Church, we've got to always keep our heart in that place at His feet. We've got to guard our heart every day. We've got to guard our heart, guard our heart, guard our heart. Guard your mind, guard your mind, guard your mind. And then will the peace of God flood Him. Rejoice, the Lord is near. Hallelujah. Lift the bread with me. Father, today we thank you for this bread. It symbolizes the body of your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, today wash my feet. Clean me with your blood today. 
Make me without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Because I can't do it. Only you can do that. I remember everything you've done for me. And I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. I will not forget. I will keep it right in front of me oh, every day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your body, Jesus. Thank you for this body that was wounded for my transgressions, bruised from my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon you, and by your stripes I'm healed. Let's take the bread and eat together. On the other end is the juice. Symbolizes the blood of Jesus Christ. blood that no bull no goat nothing could give but Jesus Christ and during this Christmas season he came from heaven to earth emptied himself of all of his glory born as a baby in a little manger for me tormented by those who called themselves religious leaders died for my sins and he rose again and he's sitting at the Father right now he's praying for you and he's praying for me he's ever interceding saying come on I want you to win today I want you to win today I want you to win today you can do this I'm for you and if I'm for you who can be against you win today win today don't let the enemy beat you up don't let fear overwhelm you don't let worry overwhelm you don't let perfectionism overwhelm you don't let your sin overwhelm you but rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice and let people be filled with wonder and amazement at your joy hallelujah father today we thank you for the blood of your son Jesus Christ it is the only blood by which man can be saved. There is only one who can save man, one door, and that is Jesus Christ. And today we remember that sacrifice, and we lift it to you. Let us drink together. If you can, put that cup down. I want to lead us into that next verse. And I want us just to take a moment and just lift our hands and worship. I'm and you worship however you want to. When I've just gone through the motions, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When I just sang a song. When I just sang another song. Oh, take, take me back to where we started. I open up my heart.
to generate it I don't have to it's super natural pastor people this all the time how come you're so happy how can you not be happy well you don't have any problems I got lots of problems I got my problems and your problems I had a neighbor catch me in the driveway just the other day he came to me and said hey haven't really told too many people but I got stage 4 prostate cancer I'm worried about him too. But I lay him at, his, at, at God's feet. You know why? God's got this, not me. I can't do anything. But God through me can do all things. And God through you can do all things. Man, come on. But can we just have some joy this Christmas? Just give some joy to somebody. Hallelujah. God bless you. I love you. Thank you for being here today. I know I went overtime, but so did the Auburn-Alabama game. Oh, four overtimes. Everybody stayed. So thank you. God bless you. Have an awesome day in the house of God. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.